Hello and welcome to the weekly World Match Mini Previews podcast that is more shortly and affectionately known as the Tend to Track. We're looking for a way to shorten everything up there. I am your host, Soccer Noob, and you can find me as such, Soccer Noob USA, on Twitter to uh, give ideas for a show name, to vote on the Twitter polls for who's going to get matched up in our various uh, tongue-in-cheek handled and yet real uh, bonus matches at the end of every podcast, or to just talk about anything in footy that you would like. I will be joined periodically throughout the show by my illustrious co-host and eight-year-old daughter, Person Noob. She won't be joining us in the beginning matches at the very least, as someone was behind on some of her school. That's all right. I struggled with math just a tiny bit as well. And hence, here we are. So, what is this show? You're going to get many previews on 10 really, really interesting matches from around the world. But as I define them, I look at the top flight domestic leagues from virtually every country that's playing in the entire world. I'm looking for one versus two matchups, really cool derbies, uh, FA Cup matches, international cup matches. If there's a trophy on the line or if it's a really big deal where it is being played, I don't care if the league is big because I'll do some of those, or if the league and country are very, very small, and I've been to some of the smallest for this, we're going to cover them from here, making for a very unique show you won't hear the likes of anywhere else. So with no further ado, let's get right in with... Match number one. We keep things chronological as always, and we do have a Friday match. Your match number one comes from the second tier of English football, the EFL Championship, otherwise known just as the Championship, for those of you who might be a little bit newer. Uh, It's a very, very good league. Despite being only the second best league in England, I have heard over the years that some say uh, that this league could be rated as high as the uh, 13th best in Europe. Take that with a grain of salt. I don't know. That's just sort of hearsay, but still kind of fun to think about. Uh, from this league, the top two teams at the end of the season will be automatically promoted to the Premier League. And then uh, third through sixth place teams will have a mini bracketed tournament. And the winner of that will also get promoted into the Premier League. And then three teams will be automatically relegated uh, to League One, uh, which is the third tier in Britain. A little bit about our matchup. Number two, Swansea is taking on number one, Norwich. These two teams are in excellent position to get promoted, though there's still a fair bit of season to go, and three points for either would go a long way towards securing that. Uh, Currently, Norwich lead in the table by four, and then Swansea in turn leads third place Brentford by two points. First, Swansea City. Uh, the Swans, of course, as you might imagine by the name, they are also known as the Jacks, which I did not know until this week. I sort of assumed that it meant the guys, the boys. I've seen teams with those sorts of nicknames, but it turns out uh, that it refers to uh, the Jack Tard apparel that helps uh, protect uh, Seaman's work clothes from the elements. Um, again, mentioning they are in Wales, one of the few teams that is not within uh, Britain proper that plays within the English pyramid system. I believe all or nearly all the Scottish teams play in their own system, and most of the Welsh teams play in the Welsh, uh, the Welsh Premier League. Swansea is one of the exceptions. Metro area of about half a million, just to give you some perspective. And also, I like to throw in at least one culinary side note every single time. I am a big fan of lamb. Did some looking around, and it turns out in this part of Wales, uh, a culinary delight is specifically salt marsh lamb. Uh, it pretty much means what you would think. It is uh, lambs that are specifically fed on uh, grasses and uh, other things of that nature that grow in salt marshes. Marshes Meat tends to be much darker and it's a whole lot more tender, tenderer, whole lot more tender than your regular lamb. Apparently, I can't talk because I'm salivating wanting some right now. 
They finished in sixth place last year, so they made the promotion tournament, but did uh, not win that playoff to get promoted. They were within the Premier League just a couple of years back, of course. Uh, this year, how are they doing? Well, they're tied for sixth on offense. That's fine, but they are tied for number one, or not tied, they are number one in defense by a lot in the league. So that is where their bread gets buttered. And there's been a lot of bread and a lot of butter. They have not lost a match since December 16 of last year. Their offense, when they do get it, will most likely come from tied for number seven league scorer Jamal Lowell, Englishman. He is a forward. Uh, he's been with uh, Portsmouth and uh, Wigan most recently in some of the lower tiers, 26 years old. And then uh, on the assist leaderboard, I always like seeing instances like this. This guy is a must be a box-to-box -box sort of defender. He's a center back, but he's on the assist leaderboard. Jake Bidwell, also English. Uh, Everton had him for four years, if his name is familiar to you, as an English footy fan. But he was mostly loaned out to uh, fellow championship team Brentford. Uh, he's been with some of the English uh, English youth uh, teams like 19 below, 17 below, but he's 27 years old now and has never been capped with the senior team. Goalkeeping, where things are really great for them, courtesy of Freddie Woodman. He is number one in the league with an astounding 14 clean sheets. He's actually on loan from Newcastle, so they must have a really uh, good goalie setup or academy or something that they don't need this guy. Uh, he has also been rostered with uh, English uh, youth teams before, but he's never made any appearances. Time will tell if he can make the national team. He's just 23 years old. A couple of American connections and incredibly recent ones just got forged. There's been a, a transfer window just ended in Europe where... Uh, and probably all over the world where uh, players can uh, come in kind of like the baseball trade deadline in uh, Major League Baseball here in the U.S. Jordan Morris, a winger, he is now with them on uh, loan from uh, Seattle of the MLS. He's been there just since January 22nd. Uh, despite being fairly young, he has been with the U.S. men's national team since 2014. Additionally, on the defensive side, just a couple of days ago, Paul Ariola of DC United, he is now on a short-term loan as a midfielder, and that was completed just on the 1st of this month, February. Um, he's played with Tijuana as well, CONCACAF and Liga MX fans, and uh, he's been with the men's national team here in the U.S. since 2014 when he was just 19 years old. Norwich City, the Canaries. I love mascots like that. Fun fact about the team, they have uh, what is considered to be the oldest football chant in the world. You can Google yourself up on the ball city, should you choose. Uh, last year, they were in the Premier League, but they finished in dead last place and by quite a bit of memory serves and thusly were demoted. Uh, this year, uh, obviously first place doing very excellent and they're very well balanced. Number five on offense, number three on defense in the league statistically. Uh, they also haven't had a league loss since December 26th, but just within the last week or two, they did lo lose to a, a lower uh, league side, uh, Barnsley, in the FA Cup. Their offense is headed by a uh, famous guy, number four league scorer, uh, Temu Puki, I believe he pronounced. Give my emphasis on the right uh, syllable. He is a forward from Finland. Uh, he started his career in Finland with a team I just love. FC KUTP. K-O-O, capital T-E-E, -E, capital P-E-E. -E. No spaces in there. I love the way it's stylized. Uh, biggest other clubs he's been with, uh, probably uh, Schalke, kind of near the bottom or at the bottom of the uh, German Bundesliga currently, and Celtic over in Scotland. And he has been uh, with uh, the Finnish national team since 2009. 
Tied for number four in assists in the league, Emiliano Buendia, Argentinian attacking midfielder. If his name is familiar to you, it might be because uh, you have followed some La Liga over in Spain. He, uh, Spain. He played with uh, Getafe for a while. Uh, he was with the use uh, in the youth system for the national team for Spain, but then he did either had dual citizenship or did one of those one-time switches. Uh, started playing for uh, one of the uh, underage Argentinian national teams and actually scored for one when he was just 19. But he's 24 now and has not been with the senior national team there yet. Top 10 in clean sheets in the league is Tim Kroll. He is a Dutchman. Uh, you might know him from his many years on uh, loan and uh, being with Newcastle. And they have a USA connection as well. American forward Sebastian Soto, really young fellow, just 20 years old. Uh, he earned two national team caps for the U.S. last year. Uh, this is not his first time overseas. He also played with Hanover 96, which has been in the Bundesliga in Germany, but currently in the second division, the two Bundesliga. Uh, he was on loan uh, with a Dutch team called Telstar in the second division earlier this year, but he scored seven goals in just 12 matches. And so they recalled him forthwith. Looking forward to catching Mr. Soto. Match number B. Before we get to our first Saturday match, this seems a good time to thank my daughter and uh, usually co-host Person Noob for her uh, countdown duties. Always appreciate her comic genius and everything she brings to the show. And she has brought us what well, we all need to remember, that it is very uncouth to say number two. At least in America, we know exactly what that means. Join the revolution, 1B, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Number B, number B, use it, own it, love it. Also own this, the first Saturday match, match the second one. Number B uh, comes from uh, Italy's Serie A. This is the number three rated UEFA league. Uh, they passed Germany last year. Uh, as such, they get four Champions League group stage berths, the maximum. They'll also get a group stage uh, entrant into the Europa, Europa League and then another entrant into a playoff round, which is the last round, I believe, before the group stage in the soon-to-be inaugural Europa Conference League. So it goes Champion League, Europa League below that, and then the uh, ECL, the uh, Europa Conference League. Anyway, it's got a big match. Number four, Juventus taking on number three, Roma. Give you an idea what the table looks like. Uh, Roma in third place right now. They trail Milan uh, by six and they uh, trail uh, who are leading the league and then they trail Inter by four. They lead Juventus by one. Juventus in turn, and they're in that last spot for Champions League. They lead two very good teams by just two points at the table, uh, Napoli and Lazio. You can uh, catch this one if you've got ESPN Plus or if you've got a really deep satellite package. You can catch this at noon Eastern Standard Time U.S. on Rai, R-A-I, Italia. Juventus, based in the city of Turin. Uh, I love one of their nicknames. Uh, I think I'm going to get the pronunciation right. Uh, Vecchia or Vecchia Signora, which means the old lady. And uh, I'm embarrassed that I had to read this instead of catching it right away. That nickname is just basically a fun jibe, a counterpoint at the team name Juventus, which translates to simply youth. Uh, they're number one, number five on offense in the league, number one on defense. Where does their offense come from? I don't need to tell you anything. I'm sure about Cristiano Ronaldo. Even if you are fairly noob like me, you know very much about him. Who's setting him up? Well, they've got the number two assist guy in the entire league. Alvaro Morata, the Spaniard, he is a striker as well. I always find it interesting when strikers um, are out there putting up assists. I am noob and would have always thought that they were looking to score first, pass, second. 
Um, he is on loan with them from Atletico Madrid and La Liga in Spain. Uh, if you follow British footy, you'll know him probably from his three years with Chelsea. Uh, he has been with the Spanish national team as well since 2014. And we have yet another American connection. Superstar Weston McKinney, a midfielder who is with them. He's on loan from uh, Schalke over in the German Bundesliga, and he has been with the U.S. men's national team since 2017. The other side of the ball, Roma, another American connection, but this time not on uh, the uh, field, so to speak. They are owned by uh, the Thomas Daniel Friedkin Group, which owns uh, Gulf States Toyota here on our side of the pond. They are really weak on defense, below average in the league, number 13, but number two on offense. And they have the all-time greatest, probably Armenian player of all time, the veteran Henrik Mkhitaryan. He is on the leaderboard for goals for the team. He's also number one on assists. Uh, he's very much been a journeyman, but with lots of Europe's best teams, uh, Dortmund over in Germany, Manchester United, and Arsenal in the Premier League. And uh, as you might imagine, he has been with the Armenian national team for, for forever, since 2007. And then uh, the guy who uh, might, this is very interesting. He's on the leaderboard for clean sheets. So he must be either shutting people out or letting in a ton of goals. Antonio Marante is his name. He's 37 years old, very long in the tooth. And his entire career has been there in Italy, all Serie A clubs. And they do have a player connection from the U.S., by the way, Brian Reynolds. He is a defensive man, a right back, and he is just 19. Uh, he cut his teeth with FC Dallas. He played for them in 2017, and he has been as high with the, as the uh, under-18 team here in the U.S. national team system, probably looking to make moves upwards toward the senior team soon. Match number three. I believe I said that was the first of our Saturday matches, but in fact, it was the only Saturday match. We've got a bunch of doozies for Sunday, in fact. And the big one worldwide, of course, is going to be in the Premier League, the number two rated league in UEFA, still behind La Liga in Spain in the overall coefficients. Number three in the table, Liverpool, at the time of this recording anyway, versus number one, Manchester City. Uh, let's see. Uh, Manchester City lead Man United by three, and they lead Liverpool by four in the table. And then Liverpool leads uh, Leicester City by one and uh, just like is the case for Italy they're going to get four teams into the group stage for the Champions League so staying in that top four I mean everybody wants the trophy but getting to the money in the Champions League ball that's really where the action's going to be now if you're listening to this show as I've often said you probably listen to many podcasts about soccer thank you for tuning into this one um, I'm not going to pretend to be anything other than what I am I am noob I've only been soccer following soccer for a few years and only for a year or two truly in earnest, you're going to be able to get a much deeper dive on this match and its players and things related to the transfer deadline and oodles of other stuff from other podcasts that you and I both know and love. And that's great. So rather than give you an in-depth preview for this one, decided to bring back an old uh, segment of sorts from the uh, from my website day, soccernoob.com, which I'm hoping to... Uh, uh, bring back sometime soon once we get the podcast truly good and settled. And one of the things that I had on there, I made a friend uh, at least 2,000 years old, probably close to 3,000, 3,500 years old, of uh, the world trekker, prognosticator, master of divination, soothsayer that is Noobstradamus. Just imagine the grizzled face, the incredibly long white hair, basically uh, Gandalf except not Elvin, and uh, you know that's him. He was the guy on the website. He's the one that does the predictions for us. And I can't believe I've gone 18 episodes, this being number 19, 
without calling on him to help us all make a few extra bucks and help us with some kind of uh, prognostication. Give us a match result in advance so we can make some bucks. Uh, so in any case, he is going to help us out with the Liverpool Man City match. Uh, he has been kind enough to give us a call. Uh, take it away, Noobstradamus. Hello from the Thracian plains of Greece. At last you have come to your senses, requesting my wisdom to aid you in your podcast and add much-needed entertainment value. You contacted me wishing for divinely inspired knowledge on who would win the Liverpool-Manchester City match. Just as I told you back in the SoccerNoob.com website days, footy prediction ought to be a bit beneath me. But soothsaying doesn't pay what you think it might, so I could use a few extra quid in my pocket. I put myself in a trance. This is the vision that came to me. Doubt it not, though it be unusual. I was taken back to a time in my mind where I was traveling southward from Hadrian's Wall. Hadn't been there in a few centuries. Through the forest of Boland I trekked, seeking village Dunsop Bridge. Therein was St. Hubert's Church. I knew old Hubie back in the day in France. What a cad. Given he became the patron saint of it at all, no surprise. Thought I'd bask there, taking his aura and all that. Here is where today's vision departed from the reality of what happened. Lo, the Saint Hubert appeared before me, and he was cranky pants. You come for peace here, but bring no offering to my house? Stag would have been nice, asshat. Now I'd liked hunting with him for Stag way back when, but after his wife died, he became obsessed. Did nothing else. Lost my taste for it. The church doors barred themselves. You won't leave here until penance is made. A small candle lit itself on the altar. It's ferret legging time. That's when you see how long you can keep a live ferret in your pants before letting it out. It's a British thing, and in the blink of an eye, such a varmint was loose in my trousers. If you can keep it in there until the candle burns out, you will have my guidance and blessing through your forest journey. If not, fine, I'll cheat. I sprinted to the altar to blow that candle out. Kids, never sprint anywhere with a live ferret in your pants. Dang thing gnawed on me and wouldn't let go, chewing away. I thrashed about to the little devil scurried out a leg. When I went to tend the wound and wipe away the blood, the scratching and bite marks on my inner thigh, crudely yet clearly read, Live 3-1. Then I woke up, smoked lotus leaves all around me. But never you mind those. I have seen... And I have spoken. If this were video instead of audio, you would see me sitting here with my mouth absolutely agape. That was unusual, enlightening, and incredible. Thank you so much. So it's going to be Liverpool 3 1. Uh, I promise you, his visions are completely trustworthy and not at 
all affected in an adverse way by apparently all the lotus leaves that he has been smoking together. We've got to get him out of the Thracian plains and away from the lotus leaves. It just makes me a little bit nervous. But then again, he is probably 3,000 or 3,500 years old, so maybe we should just let him do what he wants. So uh, Liverpool, 3-1. There you have it. Thank you, Noobstradamus. Match number four. Another Sunday match. We're heading eastward in Europe to Hungary, the NB1. It's a very long Hungarian name that NB stands for. I've heard lots of veteran announcers uh, just do it as NB1. I'm not even going to try the pronunciation. The management who edits this show and produces it, my longtime good friend, can laugh at me for not daring to do the pronunciation all he wants. Hungarian NB1. Uh, This league is actually up five spots since last year in the UEFA coefficients. They're now ranked as the number 26 league in UEFA, which means they're in the top half. Congratulations. Uh, They still only get one Champions League berth, and it's still all the way back in the first qualifying round, and then they'll also get two uh, Europa Conference League berths. Uh, It's a one-versus-two matchup. These are always our favorites. It's number one, Ferran Varos versus number two, Fahir Var. Uh, Ferran Varos, they lead in the table by 11. They've put some distance between uh, them and Ferran Varos the last couple of weeks. A uh, little bit about each. Ferran Varos, they are the Green Eagles. This is uh, not a town. This is a district within Budapest. And while it didn't used to be, the area has become very much gentrified. So uh, I imagine that Seattle Sounders and Portland uh, Timbers fans would like it because it's uh, this is a district that's full of hipsters. Sorry, I'm not a big fan of the MLS Northwest or hipstery stuff. Anyway, but good for you if you like it. And we like to cover everything here. Uh, this team has the number two offense in the league, number one defense. They've only allowed 10 goals in 18 matches. Just astounding. 31 league titles to their credit. They are the two-time defending league champions. They've only got one loss on the year. And if you've been listening to the show in recent weeks, you might remember that I talked about this team once before. They were featured in a route of the week bonus match where they were taking on last place Dios Jory, I believe it's pronounced. Don't have it on these notes. Head on on the old one. And what was interesting about that was Dios Jury went to number one Ferran Varos, and you talk about your trap match. They didn't prepare, apparently, and Fer- uh, Dios Jury beat them nil one. In any case, they're on the men since then. Top scorer for them is going to be Tokmak. I'm going to pronounce it Win, N G U E N. He's Norwegian, but Kenyan born. I'm just not sure about the last name. He's a winger. And then they do have a USA connection. We love those. Henry Wingo, a guy I'd never even heard of before. I'm not sure he's on the uh, USMNT roster in any way. Uh, He's a midfielder. I think he uh, tends to be more of a defensive midfielder. Seattle had the rights to him, speaking of the Pacific Northwest. But uh, when they had him, they always had him loaned out to uh, the Tacoma Defiance of the USL Championship, the second tier in America. He also did some time with uh, Molda over in Norway. And he's actually only been with this team since last month. Meanwhile, oh, got to look up my pronunciation again, Fehirvar. If the name is unfamiliar to you, even if you do follow European football to some degree, this is the club that used to be Videotin FC, and then they were M-O-L-V-D FC. They are still based in Sikesfehirvar. It is the ninth biggest city in the country, centrally located. Uh, If you're a history guy at all, like the Middle Ages, this is the city where all their kings are buried. In fact, the name of the town, and take this with a grain of salt, might translate to White Castle. I don't think Harold and Kumar went there, but if the herb is good enough, I'm sure they would. 
Now, uh, the reason they're down 11 points, or part of the reason, is they've lost their last two matches, but they're still number two in the table. They finished number two last year. They did win the league title three years back, 2017-18, and they have uh, three like league titles to their credit historically. Number one offense, number three defense. They've got the second best scorer in the league, a Ukrainian fellow named Ivan Petrial, I believe it's pronounced. He is a midfielder. He is with uh, Ukrainian side Shakhtar Donetsk from 2016 through 19. And uh, he has been rostered uh, on and off with the Ukrainian men's national team since 2016, but he's only had five appearances. Match number five. Our next one is a Sunday match as well. And to be honest, I don't have a whole lot for you on this one. But the main thing was, I just wanted to let you know it exists. In the overall world scheme, globally, this is probably not... Uh, one of the you know major tournaments in the world, but I love coloring footy from everywhere, and it's a really really unique tournament. It's over in it's sponsored by the CAF. It's uh, over in Africa, and it is a national teams tournament, sort of. It is uh, it's not their equivalent of the the European Championships or the Concacaf League or anything like that. This is the African Nations Championship, and here's what makes it unique. You know the U.S. Uh, a national team will be made up of, of citizens or people who have ties to a team, of course, but then they can, you know, they may or may not be playing in team, in leagues rather, for teams in their home country. Obviously, everybody tries to get to Europe for the most part. That's where the best players usually go. What makes the African Nations Championship interesting is that these are not the full-fledged national teams. To qualify to be on one of these teams, you have to be eligible for the national team system in your country. If you're from Chad, you have to be a citizen from Chad or meet their eligibility and membership requirements. But you also have to be playing in a league in that country. For example, uh, Mo Salah that plays in the Champions League. He's from an African. Uh, he's from Egypt, African nation. Duh. And uh, um, he wouldn't be allowed to play in this tournament because he is not playing in uh, the Egyptian Premier League or anywhere else. So again, I don't really have anything for you about these teams, but I love the tournament just because we're seeing teams advance that don't necessarily uh, get to advance when the full-fledged national teams are in force. Uh, Morocco has made the championship match for Sunday, but they're playing a team that's their true national team, if you will, isn't nearly as strong as they're showing in this tournament, Mali. So good luck to Mali. Good luck to the underdogs. And then they're also doing uh, what they call a reunification match. It's a consolation or bronze medal match uh, on Saturday, actually. Uh, Cameroon and Guinea that are two pretty okay teams in Africa, but certainly not all-time great. We're not seeing Egypt. We're not seeing Tunisia. I don't know that you'll be able to get this one stateside on TV, but now you know a little bit about a tournament that probably very few of your other footy friends do. So you can hold that over your heads. Now is the time in our podcast where we'll take a little break from our current tracking of the week to come and do what we purport to do, and that is actually track. We're not tracking if we don't talk about the games from the week before, are we? So let's look at those matches. Match number one last week, a Saturday match. Your Copa Libertadores final went. Paul Myris won nil over Santos, uh, and they got that goal at uh, the ninth minute of injury time at the second half. Wow, 99 minute. Sunday, match number B. We had a friendly between the USA and Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, the result was a 7-0 win for the USA, as should be. Jonathan Lewis, for, who plays for uh, Colorado in the MLS, had a brace. Two goals. Jesus Ferreira for Dallas had a brace. And Paul Ariola, who was with DCU but is now on a short-term loan to Swansea, as we discussed earlier, 
He also had two goals. Match number three, we went to Albania's Categoria Superior. Number two, Partizani, and number one, Vlasnia, went to a nil-nil tie, so their positions remained the same. Match number four, the Czech First League, the Czech Republic, number one, Slavia Prague, took on number two, Jablanik, and Slavia Prague won 3 0. Guy was here to look for Abdallah Sima got a goal. Yablanik uh, uh, now moves to third uh, in the table, but and in fact, they're actually in a tie for fourth, but they're ahead on uh, tiebreaker, and they are now behind number B, Sparta Prague. Match number five, the Primera División Femenina, Spain's top women's league. We had number one Barcelona taking on number two, Real Madrid Femenino, and it was a bit of a rout. Barca won 4-1. Gal, we said to look for Asisat Ashola. She had a brace. Uh, Real Madrid uh are in third, and they are also actually in a, in a tie for fourth, but ahead on goal differential. Match number six, we went to the non-FIFA league of the Gozo First Division. That's the northern larger island of Malta, and they have their own league that's uh, sort of separate from the FA. Uh, number two, Zokia Tigers took on number one, Einselem, and it was the Tigers, or no, I'm sorry, it was Einselem coming out on top, 1-5. So their positions remain the same. Match number seven last week, the El Salvador in Premier Division. Number one, C.D. Aguila took on number five, Alianza FC. Those were the regular season rankings from the second phase of the regular season. And Alianza won 3-0. Monday, match number eight. We went eight. We went to Portugal's Primeira Liga. Hey, I'm no Rick Berman. Fastest three minutes in footy or whatever. <laughs> Sporting CP took on their number one over there. Took on number three, Benfica. Sporting one. 1-0. So Benfica and Braga are now tied for third in the league. Benfica leads by one on goal differential. Match number nine was a Monday match, a big one, the CONCACAF League final. Not the CONCACAF Champions League. The top six from this one qualify for the big one, the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, this one is for Caribbean and Central American teams by and large, and we had two from the best from Central America, both from Costa Rica. C.D. Alajuense took on Deportivo Saprissa. Saprissa were the defending champs and they got to host, but Alajuense came out on top 3-2 to two to take home the shiny trophy. And our last official match Thursday, match number 10, was the FIFA Club World Cup. Up. Let's see, that one was UANL Tigres taking on South Korean Ulsan Hyundai and the Tigres from Liga MX won 2-1. Guy we said to look for, Pierre Gignac had a brace after the team was down 0-1 and they will face Palmyra's in the next round of the FIFA World Club Championship. Then we had our bonus matches, the most meaningless match of the world. You'll get more details on all these later if this is your first time listening to the cast. It was a Friday match. We went to the Ethiopia Premier League for two incredibly middling teams. Number eight, Dire Dawa Kenema taking on number seven, Wolkite, or perhaps Wolkite Kenema. And it was uh, Wolkite Kenema winning 1-3. So, uh, they climbed to number six in the table, while uh, Dire Dawe are still number eight. Our route of the week pick for the world was a Saturday match. We went to Romania's League One, where number one, FCSB, was taking on the lowly number 16, CSM Politanica Iashi and FCSB, no surprise, came out on top 3-1. Perhaps a surprise that it wasn't a bigger blowout. A guy whose name I just love, Octavian 
Popescu. He got a goal and an assist. And then a guy that we said to look for named Moritan, he also got a goal. And then our last match, the match of disappointed, looking for two bottom feeder teams from some top flight domestic league. We had gone to the Premier League and t- seen number 20, Sheffield United, take on nearly as bad number 19, West Brom. Sheffield United won two to one. But nevertheless, their positions in the table remain exactly the same, and they are both double-digit points from safety outside the relegation zone. Match number six. Another Sunday match, and this time we head to a far-flung corner of the footy world for us. The sixth match is in the New Zealand Premier League. This is uh, ever since Australia uh, left the uh, Oceania Football Confederation and joined the Asian one. Uh, New Zealand is your runaway uh, best nation in this entire confederation. Uh, I like the site kickalgorithms.com, and according to their coefficients, this team has twice as many points as even the second best one. So who knows? Maybe they'll join the AFC someday as well and leave the OFC to some truly comparatively smaller countries. In any case, uh, the source that I read says that the winner gets to go to the OFC of this league gets to go to the OFC Champions League. I've got to believe it's the top two. I've seen that for some other nations. I do know for certain that the top four teams will make the league championship. Uh, They're 10 matches in and they only play 14 matches in their season. I believe that they have a separate winter league, but it's not like... uh, Apertura and uh, Clausura stages in the Latin countries. I think it's practically a sec- a separate organization, separate sponsorship. Take all that with a grain of salt, but I at the very least can tell you that this particular season is a short one. Uh, number one, Auckland City playing host to number two team, Wellington. And it's not always a race in New Zealand. Uh, Auckland City is your historically best one there, but this year it is. Auckland City lead by just three points. Team Wellington have got to get a point out of this match if they want to stay in it because Auckland City isn't likely to drop too many others. Auckland City, they are based in the suburb of Sandringham of about 12,000. This area, I like fun notes like this, they're associated, that area, Sandringham, is associated uh, with Croatia. There's a uh, region of Croatia that is or was called Dalmantia, I believe is the name, or Dalmant. In any case, Dalmatian or Dalmantian immigrants are the ones who uh, really started up Sandringham and still live there today. This team has the number three offense in the league, uh, number one defense. In fact, they're the only team that has allowed less than one goal per match. They are the seven-time defending champions of the league. Uh, their best finish in the FIFA Club World Cup, that's all the continental champions uh, get to go to that. Their best finish was third in 2014. That was a really huge deal. They qualified for the one that's going on right now, but unfortunately because of uh, internal COVID restrictions, they were not able to go and they had to forfeit. Uh, in any case, uh, the player to look for in the box score tied for number four of the league in scoring, Dylan Manicum from there in New Zealand. Uh, he's uh, an attacker and then something I'd never heard of before called a second striker. So I'll be having to look up some formation uh, knowledge uh, to be a little less noob in the future and figure out what exactly a second striker means formationally. Then, Team Wellington, best offense in the league, number four on defense. They have two league titles historically, and uh, they won the 2018 uh, Oceania Football Confederation Champions League. And uh, their offense will come through Hamish Watson. He is, let's see here, a center forward, and he is tied for number two in the league in scoring. 
Match number seven. Can you believe it? We're actually going to get to stay in Oceana in the OFC. We've got another one. We're going to head uh, well north, in fact, uh, hundreds of miles northeast of Australia to the Solomon Islands because Team Noob goes everywhere it can and wants to for one versus two matchups. We love them. Uh, let's see here. They get two uh, Champions League bursts, which is why I think New Zealand must, must as well. Straight into the group stage. There's only seven matches to go left in this league season. It's uh, number one, Henderson Eels versus number two, Solomon Warriors. Uh, Henderson lead by seven in the table. And then Solomon Warriors in turn lead Central Coast by three. Also noteworthy, they have a game in hand on Eels. So uh, they're likely to make up some of those points, uh, even independent of this game. Henderson Eels, they are from the capital city of Honiara. They have the number one offense, and I wonder if this isn't of all top flight teams in the world, if this isn't the all-time, just most prodigious offensive output they have going or something. Four goals per match is what they're scoring. And then they have the league's number two defense. And the reason it's number two and not number one is there's a team a little bit further down the table that absolutely just parks the bus and doesn't try to score or let in goals. That team has scored only 18. Henderson Eels have scored three and a half times that many. Uh, they finished number two in the league last year. And uh, looking at their OFC record last year, uh, before the event got canceled, they had finished second in the group stage behind a team from the island country of Vanuatu, Malampa Rovers. Meanwhile, this is uh, the reason that this match is such a big deal. Uh, Solomon Warriors are trying to play catch up. They're also from Haniara. I think more than half the teams in that league are, in fact. They're the four-time defending champions, so they may be about to lose their crown. And they've got six total titles to their credit historically. They played uh, in the OFC Champions League last year as well. They finished number two in their group before it got canceled, finishing behind uh, probably the third or fourth best uh, Oceanic uh, team, New Caledonia's AS Magenta. Uh, they sport the number two offense and the number three defense in the league. It's going to be a tight race. Can't wait to see how this match turns out. Match number eight is yet another Sunday match. I told you your dance card would be full of footy for the end of the weekend. We get to rack up some frequent flyer miles. We're headed to Guatemala in CONCACAF, Central America, for their Liga Nacional. This is the Apertura Final. Um, as I mentioned before, there are two stages in most of the uh, Latin American, Central American countries, and in Mexico. Uh, two separate seasons. You get a Apertura and a Clausura, opening and closing seasons, completely separate, and they each have their own playoffs. That's what we're in right now at the end of. Uh, Guastatoya is taking on Municipal. Guastatoya won the first match 2-1 to one at their place. Municipal, as the higher-seeded team, gets to host the second one. A little bit about Guatemala and their league. Uh, no official CONCACAF rankings out there, I don't think, for the football associations. But according to kick algorithms, this is the number nine league in CONCACAF, which means it's uh, behind the... Uh, you know, behind all the bigger ones that you would expect, you know, uh, Costa Rica, Honduras, I think Panama, perhaps, and even behind a couple of the bigger Caribbean ones. But that just adds to the fun and joy of covering these because it means no other podcast you're listening out there probably even gives you a little bit. So all 12 of the teams in the league got to advance to the finals this year with the current format, although uh, eight of them, the bottom eight, had to play in a preliminary round. Uh, the regular season, they did a new format this year. might have been because of COVID. They did two regular season groups, probably geographically oriented, to reduce travel, and it was just 16 matches. 
Guastatoya. That is a town in the southeast central part of the country, about 25,000. They are known as the Yellow Chest, or perhaps I should pronounce it like one word, Yellow Chest, because I believe it refers to uh, the bird that's on their crest. I don't know what kind it is, but as you might imagine, the breast is yellow. Uh, they finished number three in their group and were only the seventh best team overall for the regular season in points. Uh, very middling statistically. Tied for number seven on offense, number six on defense. Very much the underdog for this match. Uh, they won their most recent successes where they won both the Apertura and Clausura stages in 2018. Uh, their offense, most likely to come through a guy named uh, Lewis or Louis Landon. He is tied for the team lead in goals with four. Uh, he is a veteran longtime Mexican striker. He has been all over Central America with teams, Mexico, and he even did a season with Houston Dynamo. So if you follow MLS and you're, that name sounded familiar, there's why. And then they have Marvin Ceballos. He is a midfielder, also with four goals. Uh, he hasn't played in the MLS, but he has played for some American teams. He played for uh, Indy 11 in the former NASL, which was sort of the second or tied for the, the co-second tier in American soccer, if you will. And then he was also with a team called the Carolina Railhawks. You might know them now as... Uh, North Carolina FC, if you're in that part of the country, and they currently play in the third tier in what is called USL 1 here in America. Then, Municipal, your favorites. They are the Red Devils playing out of the capital, Guatemala City. Uh, they were number one both in their group and overall for points earned. Your clear favorite. Number one on offense, number two on defense, 31 league titles. As you would imagine, playing out of the capital city, They've got lots of players and lots more money comparatively to do things with. They won last in the 2019 Apertura. The top team scorer is Ramira Roca with just an unbelievable 21 goals. I had to not double. I triple-checked that stat on my source. So the team leader for the other teams, the team leaders have four each, and this guy has 21. He's a veteran from Argentina, 32 years old, and plays attacker. And uh, even though they're down a goal, they should be the favorites uh, wrapping up this final at home. Match number nine. I hope you didn't caffeinate too hard for all those Sunday matches you were trying to find on your TV or other screen because we've got another great one on Monday. Match number nine is one from the FIFA Club World Cup. We mentioned that earlier, but just again, a little quick review. Each of the Continental Confederations, they have their club league championship and the representative gets to play in this for uh, the title of uh, world's greatest for the year. Um, some, some, associations like Europe don't take this uh, as seriously as maybe they could because we all know that Europe is uh, far and away the top confederation in the world. That really puts a chip on like South America's uh, South America's shoulders and uh, maybe even Asia's. I, I know the South American fans and clubs take the event very seriously. They always want to knock off these teams, but we're not looking at a uh, South American one for this particular match. We are going to get Al Ali, the African champions, versus Bayern Munich from UEFA. Easily your favorites to win the tournament. The other semifinal, by the way, is Palmeiras. They just recently won Conma uh, Bowls, the South American Copa Libertadores, their Champions League, and they are taking off Mexican Liga MX CONCACAF champion UANL Tigres. Uh, again, all continental champions, but Auckland City didn't get to come into it too bad. And they're playing all this in all Ryan in Qatar. Um, all Ailey, they are playing out of Cairo. They are known as the Red Devils, the Red Giant, the Red Castle, Red, Red, Red. Uh, as of about a month ago, FIFA ranks them as the number 37 club in the world. Just to give you some perspective, Bayern Munich, of course, greatest team in Germany, probably the greatest team in the world. 
At number 37, that puts them right about in uh, in the standings for FIFA with Eintracht Frankfurt of the Bundesliga. So a team that's, you know, pretty high-end middling, I would say. But they are easily the best team in Africa. The five-time defending domestic league champions, uh, they've won the Champions League in Africa nine times. and uh, bef- But before this, 2013, I think was the last time they'd done it. I believe that their best finish in this event, the Club World Cup, was third place back in 2006. This year, while they are only number two in the league, they are undefeated. Uh, They've played one fewer game than Zamalek, and they trail them by two points. They've got the best offense and defense in the league. They're going to win this league again, I'm willing to bet. Uh, Players to look for. uh, Mohamed Sharif, he is a striker from Egypt, and he is on the leaderboard for goals. Just 24 years old and has a national team cap. And then the one named Karaba. He plays winger for them, and... uh, he is tied with him on the leaderboard for goals. They're both top 10. Uh, European footy fans might know him from having played in Switzerland 2013 and 14 with Swiss clubs uh, Grasshopper and Lucerne. And then even last year, he was in Portugal, although for some reason he was with a third tier team, uh, Desportivo des Aves. Uh, he's been with the national team in Egypt since 2013, back when he was just a teenager. And uh, what really makes Ali tough, um, I come up with a lot of these stats and numbers and various things because that's what interests me most. And I hope that you find it interesting. But what I can tell you is what makes Ali most interesting on offense is those two scores don't even account for quite half the goals that the team has scored. And I gather that's very, very unusual. So if they're going to present any kind of challenge for Bayern Munich, it's that Bayern Munich might not know who necessarily to key on defensively. So, speaking of Bayern Munich, they are the Reds. They are the Bundesliga eight-time defending league champions. Five Champions League berths to their credit. Last one was in 2012-13. They won the Club World Cup in 2013, in fact. They have the best offense in the league at three goals per game in Germany. That's better than by over 50% from the next best team. Number five defense, not all-time great, but good enough. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Lewandowski, the number one league scorer, and perhaps even Thomas Muller. He is a top 10 scorer in the league for them. So let's look at their assist guy. I like to dig a little deeper. Joshua Kimmich. He's just 25 years old. Absolute superstar. He's been playing with Bayern for six years. And uh, even before that, he was in the Bundesliga with Red Bull Leipzig. And he's been playing with the national team since 2016. And then in goal, your netminder is Manuel Neuer, N-E-U-E-R. I hope I'm saying that right. He's he's just in the top 10 in clean sheets. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, been around a long time. He, in fact, actually finished in third place in FIFA's Ballon d'Or. That goes to the uh, best player in the world, presumably. He finished third in that in 2014. And he's been playing goalie for Bayern for an entire decade. And match number 10. We're done. Finally. Always fun to end the official portion of the track whenever we can in the Caribbean. We are headed for match number 10 in the Cayman Islands, our last official match. We still have the bonus matches to go, of course. To their Premier League, the winner gets to go to what is called the Caribbean Shield. Now, in the Caribbean subunion of CONCACAF, there are two tournaments. The championship, that is one that is for the professional and some of the semi-professional leagues and teams. And then there is a secondary one called the Caribbean Shield that they're trying to promote 
these teams to play professionally or semi-professionally, but they're a little bit lower on the scale, economically soccer-wise, if you will. I don't know the Cayman Islands is one of the countries that regularly sends their winter to the Caribbean Shield, but at the very least, they have the right to. And from there, they can earn their way all the way up by winning other stuff through the CONCACAF League uh, into the CONCACAF Champions League, hypothetically. Number one, Scholars International on Monday is taking on number two, Bodentown. Uh, Scholars lead by five at the table currently. They are from an area called West Bay on the west side of Grand Cayman. Um, if you're familiar with this name, it's because while it used to be or is still largely a residential area, it's also very close to Seven Mile Beach. Huge tourist destination to the Caymans for foreigners. And to give you a little perspective on what things are like there, obviously it's not going to be a stadium like you would find in the Premier League with tens upon tens of thousands. Their Ed Bush Stadium seats about 2,500. Scholars, excellent on offense. They overscore over three goals per game, and they've only let in five for the entire season. They have 12 league titles to their credit. The most recent one was in 2018 and 19. And uh, one of their best international finishes, they made the second round of the CONCACAF Champions League back in 1991 after beating Black Lions of the usually far superior Jamaican Premier League. Meanwhile, Bodentown, that's a town in the southeast central part of the country, just a little bit bigger, about 17,000. They have a stadium of their own, Hague Bodden Stadium, that seats about 1,500. Uh, they have a below average offense, actually, so they're going to try to be controlling the uh, pace a whole lot, keeping things slow. They are just 6th out of 10 in that category, but they have the number two defense. They have four league titles to their credit. And uh, they are the current defending champions. And now we'll just take a moment and pretend that we are basking in the Cayman Islands sun. Doesn't it sound nice? And even though that wraps up the 10, our fun is not done. We don't believe in math, do we, person noob, co-host, and eight-year-old daughter? No. No, how do you feel about math? I skipped math this morning. I technically didn't. I just didn't pay any attention because math is horrible. <laughs> How do you feel about 10 really being 13? That's amazing. That's amazing. We're going to do three more matches on the 10 to track and make it 13. This is the time we do our bonus matches. And our first one is the route, 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 route of, of, of. The week, 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 complete with weak echo sound effect because the management, my longtime friend who got me going on this podcast and edits and produces it, would prefer for me to do my own weak sound effect instead of actually, you know, just using one he could on the uh, on the editing audio software. In any case, Personoob, do you know what a route is? Yeah. What does it mean? It means someone's going to get their butt kicked. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's not the way we rehearsed it, but that is spot on. I like your, I like your, uh, I like your style, girl. Uh, yes, the route of the week. Noob scours all the domestic top flights in the entire world, looking for first versus last place matchups. Almost invariably, they lose and lose by a lot. And by the way, all the bonus matches, including this one, you, the listener, got a chance to vote for these on Twitter. I give you lots of matches every week. You can find me there at. Uh, Soccer Noob USA. And the match that you, the people, shouted for, voted for, clamored for, is a Tuesday match in Thailand, the Thai One League, the number eight rated league in the AFC. Uh, the top three will get to go to the AFC Champions League. The bottom three will get relegated. And the team that's going to certainly be going, number one, BG uh, Patum from the province of Patum Thani United versus 
Trat FC, and they are dismal. They are in last place and here to get their butts kicked. A little bit about uh, Patum United. I got to make sure about my pronunciations. Uh, that province and town, it is north of Bangkok, uh, Bangkok in the south central part of uh, kind of the main body of the country, if you will, if you're looking at it on a map. Uh, about 1.1 million people, and they are known as the Rabbits. Uh, they were founded in 2006, and their first club president was born under that zodiac sign, and so that's what they've adopted for their mascot. Not the most intimidating one in the world, unless you're thinking of Monty Python on, and, and the Holy Grail. In any case, they are undefeated, 14-2-0, with a uh, just amazing 32 versus 8 conceded goal differential, number one in the league. They have the number three offense, but the number one defense giving up only a half a goal per game average. In 2015, they made the Champions League, and they even advanced all the way to the playoff round, the last round before the uh, group stage, uh, with a win over a club from uh, larger soccer country, Malaysia. In 2019, they were number one in the league. Uh, they're, so they're sort of the defending champions. 2020, I believe they had off or they didn't play a full official season. In 2014, they won the country's FA Cup. Player to look for, tied for number two in the league, score Brazilian, because you'll find them everywhere. All the countries want the Brazilians. Victor Cardozo, uh, he plays center back, and yet he's number two in the league on scoring. And then their goalkeeper is Chachai Budprom. Love the name, 10 clean sheets, which is, I, th- I believe, the second best in the league only has five. Uh, he plays for the uh, Thai national team, and he's made nine appearances for them since 2013. So they bring a lot of hardware and a lot of great players and a lot of history to the table. Oh, no, poor Trat FC. Uh, Trat is a southeasterly province. It's one of the smallest ones, both in uh, geographic area and population. Only about a quarter million people. Think Des Moines, Iowa, basically. Uh, it's an area known for its gemstone mining because it shares a Cambodian border to the east, which means it uh, includes the Cardamom Mountains. They are the White Elephants, just a little bit older. It founded in 2012. They are 3-1-2 and two on the year. 19-36 and 36 is their goal differential through 19 matches, and they are 7 points from safety. They're not going to do any catching up on Tuesday. Last year, they finished 10th, doing a little bit worse this year. Uh, they only have the number 11 offense of the league. They're even worse on defense. If they have any hope, it is probably uh, will come through their attacking midfielder captain, 35-year-old, love the names, Pompricha Jaranai, I believe it said. Uh, in a if what I'm reading is correct, it could be that some stuff is missing, but if not, I think this is very interesting. He's only been playing professional league ball since he was 27, and he's also only five foot four. Our second bonus match for the week, and every week, is the most meaningless match in the world. Another one you got to vote on on Twitter. What exactly does that mean? If you're a new listener, well, in addition to looking for those first versus last place matchups, I also scoured all the top domestic flights in the world looking for matchups between teams that are right next to each other in the table, and they are perfectly equidistant between last place or the league's relegation zone and first place or the league's playoffs or uh, the dividing line between teams that will get to go on to uh, continental club championships like in UEFA, uh, the Champions League. So they're perfectly centered between those two spots. The match is unlikely to mean anything. The most meaningless match in the world. Why do it? Well, A, because it sounds silly, and that's sort of sort of my niche, what I'm trying for. But number two, these are teams that presumably are usually in the middle of the league and uh, aren't at the very least this year. Nobody's talking about them. 
It's fun to talk about clubs nobody else is talking about. So you voted. I have listened, and we are headed to Serbia to their Superliga. This is the number 16 league in UEFA, and that is up three. Uh, they're passing some bigger countries, Switzerland, uh, Greece, the Czech Republic, changing the guard there in the late teens and early 20s in the UEFA coefficients. They still only get one Champions League berth. That team has to start all the way back in the first qualifying round. Uh, two teams will get to go to the Europa Conference League, and this year, because I think last year they promoted some and didn't really get anybody a mind-boggling six teams are going to get demoted so um these teams they're still in the middle the odds of them going to a tournament or getting relegated are still fairly slim and hence the reason they've qualified number four fk fk radnik serderlika versus number 10 uh vozdovac or vozdovac i'm not sure which it is try to find it couldn't first radnik serderlika serderlika is the name of the town or in this case a village it's less than fifteen thousand in the southeast part of the country uh they just got promoted to the superliga in 2015-16 uh in fact uh, back in the days of yugoslavia they were they weren't even a professional team they were just a uh, they were just an amateur one last year they finished number 11 uh, they are eight, three, and eight, perfectly even with a minuscule plus three goal differential, number eight offense and defense out of 20. Uh, player to look for, the guy that can help them rise above, Milan Makaric or Makaric, I'm not sure which. He is a center forward. He is the league's number one scorer. He has scored 12 times in 19 matches, which means since they only have a slightly above average offense, that nobody else is scoring for this team, apparently. And he's a young fella, and he just made his first appearance for the national team. Uh, meanwhile, equally meaningless, Vozdovac. Uh, that is a municipality actually within Belgrade, about 160,000. Uh, it's somewhat central, and yet it's a really interesting area because it's got residential areas, heavily industrialized areas, more so than any place else in the country, uh, and has a lot of rural stuff. Uh, they are the dragons, by the way. Uh, in 2012, and this is one of the most fun facts I've ever found, they built their stadium and it seats over 5,000 on top of a shopping center. You read that right. I'm going to let that marinate for a little bit. They were really trying hard. They, they were one of the first clubs there to do a, do an up-to-date uh, website in recent, you know, within the last decade. And they were really trying to uh, appeal to younger people. And they made a specific decision to uh, kind of mold their efforts with the local shopping district and built it right on top of a big damn mall, apparently. Uh, the fans, I've got to love these nicknames. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite teams. They were known as the Elves, but they are now known as the Invalids. And I assure you, I'm not mis, uh, I'm not misunderstanding something. I'm not mistranslating anything. <laughs> That's really what it is. They are also 8-3-8 eight, and, eight and have a perfectly even goal differential at 32-32. and 32. Number 7 offense, a little bit better than Sidurlika, but number 13 defense, a little bit worse. Uh, let's see, they have a three-way tie on their team for the most goals. I think the best player they have is probably Marco uh, Putin-Cannon. He's a midfielder, and oddly enough, and part of the reason I picked him is he used to play for Sidurlika. But just remember, no matter what happens... You could truly fall asleep if this one, because it is the most meaningless match in the world. And now, dear Newbites, if I may call you as such, we have truly come to the end of our podcast fun. It is time for the 13th match of the 10 to track where we don't believe in map. The final bonus match. Again, I have scoured all the top flight leagues looking for the worst two teams in some league who are facing off. You voted for them on Twitter, and thusly we have wrought the match of... Disappointment! 
Thank you, Kevin Sorbo. You do it better than I ever could or most anyone could. It's a Saturday match. We're headed to Northern Ireland for uh, a premiership match, and I hope you can find something else to do there because this is the most disappointing of all disappointments. This is the third damn time I have tried to do a preview for this exact match, and it got postponed once last year, once last much, and now just within the last couple of days, hey, you voted for it, they've canceled the remainder of the entire league season. You know what? Good on them. They're worried about COVID. I'm sure they should be. That's just fine. But I'm going to keep on trying to do this team, even if it takes me, these teams, and takes me all the way till next year. So until then, boo, your season may be done. You deserve it. You stink. You stunk. Swifts and Rangers, you were very, very disappointing. And you don't get to bring your significant others home for holiday dinner and you have to sleep in the garage. And that will put a bow on it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode 19 of the weekly World Match Mini Previews 10 to Tech podcast. Thank you so, so much. I have a lot of fun doing this with my daughter, uh, Person Noob. I am comparatively new to soccer. She is comparatively new to being a person. And it's a branding thing. We're not changing it from back in the website days. Thank you very much, as always, for his support and contributions to my friend who is affectionately known here as Dan, the former Interno Inferno. He was on fire and remains so, figuratively, not literally, thankfully. And to a uh, longtime dear friend, The Management who edits and produces the podcast for us. Most of all, again, thank you so much for tuning in. We endeavor really hard to give you something that's different from any other podcast out there. If you liked that, if you learned some stuff, if you had some laughs, I really hope that you'll pass this on to your Twitter friends or wherever you have them that really, really enjoy footy from all over the world as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, have a fabulous footy week. (laughs) 